My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Number six, which was an almost identical house, sold for $682,000. So, you know, the ability to buy something literally next door, a very similar product that sold for $682, and for us to be able to get it for $510 was a complete no-brainer. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're chatting with founder and director of Housefinder, Simon Liu. He takes us on a trip out west where he found a stellar deal in a location that unearthed a whole new world of investment opportunities. With 6% rental yields in large homes for as low as $400,000, Perth doesn't look like it will stay the sleepy city for long. While Lou still believes Brisbane has a lot of steam left, he zipped clear across the country to pan Perth's golden shores for property diamonds. During the search, he found that Perth and its fringes may be isolated geographically but contain all the necessities including the possibility of investment deals that could have East Coast cities shaking in their boots. But what we've been noticing in Perth is a couple of things. The first thing is it's starting, it has started to come out of a 12-year cycle of just flatline nothingness. Very similar to Brisbane about four years ago when the boom just started taking off. Prior to that, there was about a 10-year period in Brizzy that did almost nothing from the last flood event, uh, major flood event, sorry. Uh, I know there was one recently as well. Um, and the, the growth in Perth that we're noticing on the ground or the start of the growth is being driven by some of the basic fundamentals that's causing Brisbane to go a bit or has gone a bit crazy as well. So these are things like an influx of owner occupiers uh, from other parts of Australia. Um, you know, Perth is seen as, I guess, the next in line uh, sub uh, city in terms of size, in terms of economy, um, uh, after Sydney, Melbourne, and then Brisbane. You know, so. Uh, like obviously the prices and everything are still quite uh, suppressed uh, coming out of a 12-year cycle of nothingness. You know, people are still buying these houses, uh, whether you're in Perth or on the outskirts of Perth, 
for prices that sellers were, were, were paying 10 years ago sometimes. You know, so you're, you're getting them like at most of the time below cost, like considering building costs and everything have gone up to buy a standard for better, you know, on 600 square meter block, you know, house being maybe only about 10 years old, let's say we pay $400,000 for it. You know, you wouldn't be able to build that product, even if you were given the land. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so from that perspective, I think it's just so far below the true cost of the product of the property and people are starting to catch on to that, you know, so that's another reason. What's been the drive for people to move into Perth um, from interstate, you know, because I mean, I guess I, I kind of know what it was like for, for Queensland, but that's on the Eastern border, but we're jumping over the Western border, which can be what, four to five, even sometimes six hours flight, depending on, you know, where you're coming from. It's really mostly affordability driven is what we're seeing. A, a lot of it as well is lifestyle. I don't know if you've ever been to Perth, but it's extremely pretty. Um, you know, the coastline, just the city itself, you know, the feel. The, it, like we talk about Brisbane being laid back, but Perth is on a whole new level. <laughs> you know, like you, you're in the CBD, you know, you're looking at like office standard office workers, for example. You know, even in Brisbane, they'd be like, you know, shirt and tie and everything, but, you know, very, not, not you don't see it at all, but people just wear like very casual clothes around, you know, everyone's in shorts. It's a warmer climate by sounds of it. <laughs> warmer climate, you know, like in the parts that, in a lot of parts of Perth, people are very content with, um, you know, not having a lot of excess you know, they got their house, they got the, the their job. They may have like a boat or something to go fishing or whatever. And I think that uh, that lifestyle, which is and and was what Brisbane um, was maybe four or five years ago, that that appealed to a lot of people, um, is the reason why people are in Perth at the moment. You know, some of the some of the reasons why I think people are moving to Perth as well is the industries are starting to change quite a bit. You know, um, I think for the past 10 or 20, 30 years, like Perth has always been a very mining focused uh, 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 location. And what we're noticing at the moment is there's a lot more new businesses coming in, a lot more industries being more established there, existing companies setting up shop there as well. And I think that in turn is providing more work opportunities to make it viable for people to move uh, or to relocate there because, you know, your ability, anyone's ability to find a job forms as a basis as to whether they can, uh, uh, live anywhere really, you know, to get an income. So I think that that's definitely changing as well. I think one of the big, one of the big factors that a lot of people are overlooking, and this is what I'm hearing on the ground, uh, from a lot of real estate agents that we interact with is that there's a lot more interest and money coming in from Southeast Asia off the back of COVID. Uh, these are um, uh, average people just looking for uh, a safety plan. You know, if things get bad again, uh, there's a lot of economical uncertainty, uh, economy uncertainty, sorry, uh, in, in, in a lot of these uh, Asian countries at the moment. And people are looking for, a, for, a, for an escape route. And Perth being four, five hours away from a lot of these Asian countries, I think, presents itself as quite an attractive option. 
know, um, the safety of Australia and, uh, you know, so many things that people love about Australia is also one of those, one of those things that's, um, that's attracting a lot of investment, uh, into, into areas like Perth and affordability, you know, Sydney, Melbourne, and even Brisbane now for many are, um, uh, are more or less, uh, 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 priced out. So, you know, to be able to, um, to, to, to buy like a four bedroom house, you know, near the city, near the beaches, uh, on a decent block of land for 400 grand, uh, or, or less, you know, in many cases, um, is, is an, is an incredibly attractive investment. Now I can see why a lot of people are considering Perth for investment because of the affordability factor. People, even though we, I, I don't know much about Perth and I don't know much about WA, the beautiful thing about technology and where we are currently in our climate, we can access that, all that data and rely on people who are on the ground like yourself to be able to actually come back to us and say, look, this is the reason. And if you take the motion and look at just the, the numbers alone, it seems like it's a very, very good return on your investment and also seems like a very secure asset as well too that has potential for that. Which leads me into you know why you've been talking about that because there's a fantastic case study that you've recently uh, happened over there. So tell us a little bit about that. You, you recently purchased something for one of your, your clients. One of the things that is attractive to um, a lot of my existing clients is that Perth is pr- presenting numbers that... Brisbane presented uh, four years ago. So these are things like really good cash flow, um, the fact that we, you can protect, you can have great deals, you're getting at the bottom of the market. Like I said before, we're buying properties for quite often less than what the seller paid for them 10 years ago, seven years ago. So the name of the game in Perth, anywhere really, but in Perth in particular right now is to is to is to hunt for deals, is to hunt for the the sellers that need to sell really urgently or really quietly, and in doing that, we're getting bargains. So one of these examples is okay. So we're very active, and a lot of listeners, I'm sure, would be well aware of the a, a bit of a hype train at the moment with the Rockingham area in WA. Um, We've been focusing a lot of our efforts into not only Rockingham, but the pocket between Rockingham all the way down to uh, even as far down as Dawesville. Um, now, this entire stretch, why we're here, comes back to a lot of what we talked about before. So owner-occupiers, first-time buyers getting kidding these areas hard. And this particular property we bought in, um, uh, in, in a, a suburb called Medora Bay, uh, which is actually quite far south. But don't let that jade uh, investors or listeners, right? In fact, in Perth, let's using using Rockingham as an example compared to some of these suburbs further out, they're actually a lot more desirable in some of these more south southern suburbs, right? Whereas Rockingham is often seen as like a a a, a, um, a fringe area of Perth. So, you know, with that comes with a bit of low socioeconomic stigma um, uh, and as a result of that, the desirability to live in these areas is actually not as much as some of the more sort of further away suburbs. So anyway, Medora Bay, you know, nice family friendly area, 
quiet, a beautiful stretch of beach. And this particular property we bought, which was off market, um, the seller selling the property had committed to the purchase of another property elsewhere. It was actually a commercial property. And this property was close to Cecily and he, he needed funds urgently. So we were told about this deal, look, this is the situation. Um, the, the seller is in, is in, you know, so desperate to sell this property so he can close this commercial property that he's not even looking to make any money out of it, right? He doesn't really care about what he can get for it, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So, okay, for me, that's like music to my ears. So, you know, we negotiated on it. We ended up buying, um, paying for this property. Um, okay, so first of all, we ran some comparables, uh, comparable sales with the property. And we noticed that a lot of these sort of more modern 422 houses, you know, were selling for sort of mid sixes in this particular area. And when we had the opportunity to buy this house ultimately for 510, that to me was like a, a genuine bargain, you know, $510,000. And we have to be very, very uh, selective of the specs of a lot of these houses because there are houses in Medora Bay that are selling for 500 or less. And there are ones selling for six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars up to a million bucks because the proximity to the beach makes a big difference but also the condition of the house, the inclusions, how it looks, how new it is, the land size also makes a really big difference. Coming up after a break, Lou shares more about Medora Bay and what draws owner occupiers and investors alike to its shores. It's got everything that you need, you know, like your local shops, you know, your, your uh, restaurants and cafes. I mean, one of the major appeals of the sort of Medora Bay area is its proximity to the beach. Why this particular client had already invested out west and why the numbers there stack up so well? Well, this client has already, uh, I think, five or six properties in Brizzy. Um, he, this was actually wasn't his first property in Perth either. He explains how although Western Australia is a part of Australia, its property purchasing laws can feel like your world's away. WA is like from a buying property perspective is a completely different process than New South Wales or Queensland or Victoria. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen seems to be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote Property Investory. The deal south of Perth ticked all the boxes when it came to price, block size and location. Although it was missing one main amenity nearby, Lou is confident that the small detail is no more than a grain of sand in this dream lifestyle location. So this particular house uh, was literally four streets away from the beach. 
right? So very close to the beach. Now I won't name the um, the street name uh, because uh, I, I don't have permission from the uh, from the client or a buyer to to talk about this publicly. But it was it was number um, the property that we bought was number seven, and we bought this property in May of 2022. Now in March 2022, number six, which was an almost identical house, sold for $682,000. So, you know, the ability to buy something literally next door, a very similar product that sold for 682 and for us to be able to get it for 510 was a complete no brainer. So that's what I mean when I say like right now in Perth, these are where the opportunities are, you know, similar to what Brisbane was at the start of the boom cycle. Now, on top of that, this house being near new, you know, didn't require any renovations at all. The, the market rent at the moment is anywhere between 570 to $600 a week. Okay. So at a, at a 510 purchase, you know, the yield is, is, is quite high. You're, you're past 6% rental yield, just off the bat, no dual living, no weird sort of multiple room setups. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a standard four bedroom house that appeals to families, renters, owner occupiers, everybody. Can you tell me a little bit more about the area, Simon, that is around there? Like, does it have its major shopping centers? Does it have an easy access into, you know, Perth City and all that? Like, is that kind of like, I'm just trying to pick what picture what this suburb looks like. It's got everything that you need, you know, like your local shops, you know, your, your uh, restaurants and cafes. I mean, one of the major appeals of the sort of Medora Bay area is its proximity to the beach. So if you ever go down there, the feeling is 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 quite almost like a holiday um, holiday feel kind of area. Um, it's about 45 minutes south of Perth, uh, so it's not near Perth by any means. But I think the appeal for an area like this for a lot of the owner-occupiers that we're seeing is that it's got that holiday feel lifestyle, but you're also in relatively close proximity to a major capital city and all its perks. So... You know, it's 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 a it's quite a hot area at the moment. Um, I, from what I can see, it's kind of near the tipping point of experiencing uh, uh, quite a lot of growth due to gentrification. Uh, you know, it's been one of those sort of sleepy coastal suburbs for a very long time. Uh, you're quite close to like a Murdoch University um, um, uh, campus. There, uh, there's there's quite a lot of good schools there as well. Um, there's a there's a there's a shopping center called Lakesland Lakelands Shopping Center, um, and like things like a golf club, Meadow Springs Golf Club, like it's got that. It's just it's, it like everything is there basically from an amenities perspective. Yeah, it's well established then, so it's not like as though it's sort of kind of starting to grow, but it's already established enough. And when you think about it, fifty kilometers from Perth, I mean, most people and people from South Australia, no offense to you too, South, South Australians, <laughs> is that yes, um, it's kind of like typically that's how long it would take us to get to the city or even longer sometimes if you're living in the outskirts of Sydney and Melbourne and stuff like that. So for us, you know, now I can see why there's the appeal because you go over there and it's very, very affordable, you know, to buy anything in Sydney for under a mill is really unheard of most of the time now um, that, that's got a block of land. So 
I can say, yeah, the, for an investment point of view, especially when you're saying it's comparable to say back in what, four or five years ago back in Queensland where the prices were still relatively low and the yield was still very, very good. This seems like, you know, very good buy and hold kind of asset. So, talking about this particular client who has purchased it, what was the intention behind buying a, a property in Perth and why? Why did he say, okay, yeah, personally seems to be good? Well, this client has already, uh, I think, five or six properties in Brizzy. Um, he, this was actually wasn't his first property in Perth either. You know, like a lot of my clients, we're just after good deals. You know, they're on their journey of growing a portfolio of properties that's going to ultimately achieve them passive income. And that requires buying deals like this so that they can continue buying more houses. So when you buy something for $500,000, $510,000, and the evidence suggests that it's worth 600 or more, you know, just tapping into that equity almost immediately, 100 grand-ish plus equity is what's necessary, especially for um, buyers like my clients who are, uh, you know, not, not, not just relying on savings for deposits for their next houses. You know, they've already well established. They've got quite a lot of borrowing already. Um, and that leads me to the cash flow because, you know, when you reach a certain point, you do present yourself as riskier to banks, especially when you accumulate more debt. Now, even though banks don't necessarily take rental income as, um, uh, as much importance, but showing them that your houses or the properties that you're buying have such high yields or high cash flow positions will help you progress onto more houses as well. So, you know, for this particular buyer, I mean, it was quite simple. A lot of the properties that we bought for this particular buyer had similar characteristics, you know, houses only, um, uh, uh, areas and, and, and the property itself being high in demand from a rental perspective, low vacancy rates, uh, but most importantly, you know, a bargain that we can leverage off and use the equity from and also good cash flow that we can, um, uh, that will obviously keep the property positive for if he decides to hold it for the next five or 10 years as it grows. So he's a, he's a very established investor, but I think a house like this appeals to almost everybody whether you've got 10 properties or no properties, it's like, it, it just it's just one of those properties where number one, you buy and it just looks after itself completely, but also um, it's a very easy property. Like I know I can't tell you guys the exact address, but just think of like a really standard single story, you know, 10 year old modern house. Uh, the square meterage on the, on the block is about 550 square meters. So it's, it's kind of like a tank, you know? Um, and I think that's also important because this particular investor is actually from Sydney. So being several thousand kilometers away on the other side of Australia, I think, you know, just having a bit of peace of mind that very little can go wrong with a house like this, like physically, um, also helps mentally move forward, if that makes sense. <laughs> I think that's the thing because as a property investor and you and I know, the, the thing that we find challenging in building a portfolio and especially have many, many properties in the portfolio is the maintenance. You know, <laughs> The last thing you want to hear is constantly a tenant calling and say, I want to change this and this and it becomes a headache. But if you've got something that is relatively 
not new, new, but relatively in good conditions, modern, and it can you know, look after itself, the maintenance should be quite low. And hence the reason why you're a property manager um, to, to look after it. But the thing is, is you want longevity behind this because the last thing you want to do is buy something that has a lot of issues in it and then there's a lot of maintenance and repairs and so forth that needs to be happening on a regular basis, then it becomes a headache. And I've experienced that. <laughs> you don't want too many of those. I've experienced it a lot. Um, I think also just on the topic, on the point as well of why people are here, I think it's just the pure blunt fact that it's right near a beach. And these are proper beaches. They're not like, you know, those beaches near a bay where there's no waves or anything like that, or maybe the water's a bit dirty. These are like really nice, beautiful sunset, good waves, like proper, proper beaches. And I just can't think of anywhere in Australia where you are in that proximity to a large capital city and also streets away from a beach where you can still pick up these houses for four, 500, 600, or even 600,000, depending on how close to the beach you are and obviously which suburb you're in. So I think there's a bit of a scarcity factor there as well. I mean, just the level of demand here. I mean, when we did ran the numbers, the, the, um, uh, vacancy rate was less than 1% at the time in Medora Bay. So there's a, there's a huge amount of people wanting to rent there, not only just wanting to buy there. Uh, and yeah, it's just it just ticks all those kind of fundamental boxes at the end of the day. Question for you is public transport. Do they have a train line and, and buses and all that down there as well too? In Medora Bay in specifically, um, there are no, no train stations per se. But it's quite, I mean, buses and motorways and freeways, you know, that connect straight up to Perth are very, are quite close. Um, you know, it's one of those areas where, uh, you know, having a, a, a train station is not necessarily uh, a massive consideration, you know, for the people that live there. You know, think of areas like, you know, if you're in New South Wales or if you're in Victoria, you know, a lot of the suburbs and areas that are that have a bit of a holiday feel, even though they might be pro- in proximity to, to the city, aren't necessarily where train lines exist. But the appeal of it isn't really diminished because the type of people that live there aren't traveling to Perth every day to go to work. You know, they typically work locally uh, or maybe da- even further down the coast. Um, but I guess the the ability to 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 travel whether by car or by bus or whatever to Perth itself is um, is is not is not like a massive task. And with the change with the pandemic and COVID, majority I think a lot of people are working from home. So really, the location to go back into working in the city isn't a very high in demand. I mean, still is people working in the city, but in my opinion, just from what I've seen and what I've heard, a lot of people are choosing lifestyle, and hence the reason why they're moving further away from a city or mainz capital city to stay in somewhere that has the features like, you know, lifestyle so they can actually enjoy more with families. That point is really important. It's not necessarily working from home. Like people are still, you know, traveling to their offices or wherever they are needing to go to work. But that, that, that shift towards finding properties that has a more sort of balanced lifestyle or a more uh, relaxed lifestyle is definitely uh, has definitely increased, you know, wherever you are, you know, no longer are people making sacrifices, especially in places like Sydney, for example, where they're, they're, they're settling for like a two bedroom unit shoebox, um, you know, close to the city. 
a lot of them are opting to live further away uh, out west, close to the mountains or close to the beaches or close to water, whatever, um, as, a, as, a, as a lifestyle choice because they're realizing post-COVID that not only can they work, that have the ability to work from home, but I think, you know, enjoying their life kind of in the now this is getting more existentialism <laughs> kind of kind of conversation um, is 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 more important, you know. So, and also the uncertainties of having that job, you know, or having that lifestyle that they that they made that those kind of sacrifices for, like living in a two bedroom unit, is actually not certain at all. So I think there's that realization as well. So so yeah, I mean these areas, like I mean we buy all the way from Rockingham down to Dawesville, you know, and there's several dozen suburbs that we focus on. I mean, the reason why we landed in Medora Bay for this particular property was really the deal itself. I mean, Medora Bay is a good suburb. It ticks all those boxes that we talked about being family friendly, good amenities, close to the beaches and all that kind of stuff. But really as an investor, the the real reason or the money made is how much we paid for the house uh, versus how much it's worth. So and also the cash flow as well, six percent plus rental yield. So that's definitely um, that's definitely a factor. So these are really good, strong fundamentals, especially when building a property portfolio, a buy and hold strategy as well. Too, I guess probably you know this would probably be for another episode. Is the differences between buying different states? Because the thing is, every state has its own different rules and different um, factors and stuff like that. So that's something we probably will need to probably look at delving in because I'm going. It sounds great. I'd love to jump over there because the, the numbers make sense. But what else am I missing here? <laughs> WA is like from a buying property perspective is a completely different process than New South Wales or Queensland or Victoria, you know. So people really need to realize that. And these differences can make or break a deal, right? So just to rattle a, a few things, really quick things off the top of my head, um, in WA, they don't have conveyances. They have settlement agents. So you can't use your conveyancer or your solicitor from Sydney or Melbourne to uh, facilitate the purchase of the property. Uh, in in Queensland, for example, if let's say you do a building and pest inspection uh, and something horrible comes up, uh, you've got the option to walk away and terminate the contract. Um, in WA, you don't have that ability. Uh, in fact, you, well, that's not strictly true. You do have that ability, but you are obliged to give the seller the option to fix whatever was found, right? And if they decide not to fix it, then you can terminate. Um, so there's like these little differences where people can get caught up in especially when it comes to the when, when you're kind of in the midst of negotiating a property or a deal and naturally if especially if there's a bit of competition you might find yourself giving yourself a bit of pressure to lock a property in secure a property under contract uh, without realizing that one in WA once you sign that piece of paper it's it's a it's a done deal <laughs> you know one other thing really quickly as well that catches a lot of people out um, uh, potentially is uh, names they, that they put on the contract. You know, so as soon as a contract is done and dusted, uh, they get sent to um, 
uh, uh, land titles offices where they calculate stamp duty almost immediately. So if there's if there's like a, a slight discrepancy in your name, uh, and let's say you, you know without without doing a variation to the contract, you want to let's say terminate it and and do a new contract up with a new name, the risk of you exposing yourself to double stamp duty is is quite high, you know. So you know it then it becomes like a a, a legal nightmare to try and you know, prove that you're the same buyer and wasn't like, you know, anything dodgy going on and all this kind of stuff. So they're just a lot more stringent out there. Thank you to buyer's agent Simon Liu, our guest on this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Simon to offer a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help you put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote, Property Investory. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.